it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. My name is Gabrielle Heikamp. I'm from Germany. I live in the middle of Germany near to the town Frankfurt. And um, I had an NDE, a near-death experience at the age of 28. It was in the 1980s to 81. I spent the winter in India. I had the funny idea after finishing uh, my studies at university to go on a quest for my life's purpose. And I thought I can only find the answer in India. <laughs> okay, so during <clears throat> my journey through India, I came to the town of Agra, where there is a famous monument, the Taj Mahal, but I wasn't so much into reading, so I wasn't well informed, but at the town uh, being there, I thought, okay, I, I will look at this uh, marvel of the Indian history, and it's a really great building, very nice looking, and uh, I was there during the day. And I was disappointed because I felt nothing uh, walking through this kind of showroom with two sarcophagi, which uh, are meant to be the sarcophagi of uh, a Persian uh, king and his wife who lived and ruled at that time in India. And... Um, well, I went back to the hotel, disappointed, started uh, talking with some other backpacker tourists, and they told me stories. Oh, you have to go there uh, in the night. Uh, best is full moon because the white light of the moon is reflected by the white marble. So this whole monument will look like some crazy starship that's hovering uh, above the earth. And I thought, well, that sounds interesting. And you won't believe it. The next night was full moon. So I set up, I go there. I want to have this experience. So I went there again. Less people, less tourists. I entered the same room. And suddenly I saw in the corner, in the back of the room, some kind of um, dark entrance like a hole in the floor with some stairs leading downwards and I hadn't seen that during the day so I was attracted by that but at the same time I was in fear because I thought well where will this lead to I don't want to go into the dark I don't want to go downstairs into something like a cellar who knows who's there I don't have any idea I don't like it but I was so um, attracted as if my body was magnetically uh, drawn to there and I couldn't help but enter this hole. And I felt like in a, I've never been to the pyramids in Egypt and I never knew that I had claustrophobia, but in this very small stone staircase, I felt, wow, if this doesn't end very... Soon I, I get claustrophobia.
and it opened up very soon into a big room and there was a guy sitting with a candle and there were two sarcophagi and I thought Woo, what's that and then suddenly I started to understand maybe that's uh, some kind of Above is the fake tomb to um, distract maybe looters and, and grave robbers, things like that. The same construction like in many other old monuments. And below this is the real tomb. This is the real uh, chamber with the real sarcophagi. And I went around in a circle uh, um, and passed by the two sarcophagi. And I felt the need <laughs> to touch one of them. And they're both equal. Not one is bigger or different from the other. And I didn't see any inscription. This is uh, the Shah and this is his wife. They were to me totally equal. But the one I touched felt like, well, that's the woman. That's the feminine energy. There is the wife buried in there. That was my uh, knowledge and I couldn't know or explain where do I know this from that's instant knowing some kind of and it was my first touch with instant knowing and then I turned around and I saw this Indian guy sitting there with the candle and he looked at me and then he opened his mouth and he started toning an ohm but a real long one and the vibrations in this stone chamber well, it blew my mind. I don't know from that point of time how I came back to my hotel. I found my body later in the hotel without knowing how I got there. And I was on my own uh, going to the Taj Mahal and uh, nobody there with me. So <laughs> I don't know. And what I experienced inside was that I was fighting I had the feeling, I know I'm dying here. I've got something to do with this building, with the history, maybe with the characters, with the wife, with the Shah, the king, who knows? It's not important. I know I'm going to die in here and I don't want to. I'm only 28 and there were so many things that I wanted to do with my life. So I was in denial and I was fighting inwardly. And after some, I don't know, for me, it felt like hours, maybe just 10 minutes. After some time, I just had no more power and force to fight against what I felt is coming, is happening. I'm dying here. So in the end, I gave in, I surrendered. And then I found myself suddenly in this, what many others also describe in their NDEs, in this kind of tunnel. It was a tunnel feeling and it was dark around me. And I think I wasn't even walking or moving my feet. It felt as if I was floating through this tunnel. And suddenly in the middle of the tunnel, there was a wall with really big stones when I later researched uh, the South American monuments of uh, Teotihuacan and other of the old Incan and Mayan culture sites, I found the same kind of uh, walls with these polygonal architecture, the stones that have more than four corners, they have five, six, and they all fit together perfectly and you can't fit in 
a piece of paper or even a hair. And that wall in front of me was that kind of wall, very ancient. And on this wall appeared a flaming writing that was really very biblical to me. Um, although I already um, exited the church at that age and didn't believe I was on search, what's the real thing? What's the force that's behind everything? You can name it God. I was open to everything. And on the writing, on the wall, I could read, you are not dying now. Go back to Germany. It's around your corner. The Rosicrucians have the knowledge you seek. So I went to search the meaning of my life and went to India and they tell me, go back home, <laughs> live your life <laughs> and start with the uh, uh, Rosicrucian knowledge. And it's around your corner. Later, I found out really two members of the Rosicrucians that were in a town very nearby, they lived around my corner. So I was in their energy field already without knowing. And um, for the next 20 years or so after returning to Germany, I tried to study with the Rosicrucians. It's about Gnosticism, it's about um, hermeticism and sacred geometry and all these things that grow more popular now. And you can find in every one of these branches uh, a part of the one truth. So it's very interesting. But after 20 years, I got uh, tired of all this theory because it's only the head. And I wanted to get some real hands-on experience. That's why I left the Rosicrucians then. And shortly after that, I, well, I lost my husband and it wasn't the horrible experience, which I thought accompanying him in hospice. He showed me because I got visions from him on the other side after he left his body with the last breath. There is the afterlife. I am here. You can feel me. Look at me. I'm happy. He was dancing after he left his body. So it turned uh, into a gift for me. And I was uh, searching for how to work with that. And I did some research and found mediumship and found my teacher's mediumship trainment. And when I saw this on the internet, I felt my husband, uh, my beloved deceased one on my left side. And he was jumping with joy saying, yeah, go there. I come with you. I'll be there with you. That's the right direction. At the moment when I entered the tunnel, after I stopped fighting in my head, telepathically thinking and arguing with whatever forces I don't want to die now. And after I had no more power to resist and surrendered, then I suddenly was no longer in my head. And I think I, I left my body and I was in this other realm passing through that tunnel that usually leads a soul that's deceasing or that's transitioning, um, yeah, to to heaven or whatever you want to call it, to the realm of frequency that matches their own frequency. Because I know from the spiritist world, um, 
they they more or less already map some of the other dimensions. The spiritists, um, they say, well, in the fourth dimension, you have a lower fourth dimension, a middle and an upper fourth dimension. In the lower, they live the, well, the more negative or dark entities like demons or some of the elementals, but they're not all bad. In the middle range, there are the deceased that were good people and they live there with their families in gardens with their pets and the flowers never die. It's always happy, everything sunny and uh, easygoing. And after that, that can get, get boring after some time, I think, this happy-go-easy and everything every day uh, is always fine. So... Um, if you want more, then you can raise to the upper fourth dimension. Uh, and there are these um, special places, although they are not really places. There is, I think, the Akasha, the record of everything that ever happened. Um, there is a healing room. I saw it in another occasion. And, uh, well, they are just different things. Like you can learn and study. You can, if you want, um, take lessons there with uh, Beethoven in music or with Leonardo da Vinci because the soul is always residing in the higher realms. But there were some things, and it was really, to me, very profound because I wasn't only shown the situations I felt as if I was in the shoes of the other. I had his perspective and his feeling, and I felt how I hurt the person when I said something without meaning it, without even thinking, just blah, blah, blah. And I hurt somebody, and I felt his hurt. And that struck me, and I understood, wow, we're really all one. What I did to him, I did to myself. And now I feel the suffer and the grief, how I did hurt a person. And I had regret and I wanted to change it, to make it better, to, to write it, to write the wrong I did. So I think I had several situations like that in my uh, life review. And the interesting thing about that was it were not always it weren't always the things uh, or the situations where i thought oh uh, i already know that i've done bad in this uh, regard it was totally upside down what i thought was good was shown to me as bad so that's the soul's perspective who has another a higher perspective to look at the things at the life situations and the things that I thought were bad, well, some of them, they were right on point. I had to yell at somebody to make him wake up or take a different viewpoint. And I thought, well, I was a bad person. I yelled at someone. I couldn't control my anger in this situation. That's how we judge. And that's what Yeshua said, don't judge. Because if you judge, you're separating even more. And we live in this grand illusion that we are separated. The I thinks it's separated from the you. We're all one. But to experience ourselves, we have to live in the illusion of being separated and perceive you as a you 
who's sitting there in America and is different from me and I'm sitting here in Germany. But in the end, we're made of stardust. We come from the same source and we will return there. And the way the journey is just experience. I think we, we came here, we all come here to learn love. Give and receive love. Where what I learned from my experience, after that I had the feeling, wow, as if I got my life gifted a second time. So now I've got a second chance and I wanted to do, to make something good out of it. As if I was reborn, I could have died there, but I did not. So coming back to Germany, I tried everything to be a good daughter, to be... Um, a good student or to be a good worker, to be a good citizen and all this led nowhere. And on the other side, I had all this theoretical knowledge uh, with the Rosicrucians about this is Maya, this is not the real world, it's an illusion, um, time does not exist, uh, it's all about consciousness. You think you're just thinking in your little head. Th thoughts are things. And they become things. We, they are the first step for manifestation. And we do this unknowingly and unconsciously. We manifest things we don't want to. And then maybe if it's good, we ask ourselves, well, why did this happen to me? Why did I experience that? Well, because the soul, this bigger you, has a plan it wants to to thrive and to grow and to learn and so it even chooses things you would never choose with your own free will so that's about the message the soul wants to really do something here and grow and learn at the end of every day when you go to bed you can Take it as a kind of meditation. Look at your day. Make a life review of this one day. Let it pass in front of your inner eye. Look what you like and look what you dislike. And uh, make up your mind uh, to do something different next day. Because it doesn't help to um, be attached to the past. You can't change it. Although I do, I do believe nowadays you can change it. But it's better to live your life in front uh, to the future. And next day you um, you can have a new chance and a better reaction, or say a different word, which yesterday you weren't able to. And don't judge yourself. Be very, very friendly and kind with you. Why can't we love ourselves in all these little itchy corners and with all our flaws if Source, the Creator, is loving us nevertheless, despite all this? Because we are His children. So it's all about self-love.